0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Christophe, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam.
1: I'm Damian Christoph,
2: And I'm Brett Hill.
0: And this is the Wallens Sky Show, weekly show dedicating bringing wallens into our lives. And as we close off the end of the year, we're, we're heading closer to Christmas of 2013 and we're leading into the 2014. We thought we do something unusual, unpredictable that uh, we've never ever done in the last two and a half years of recording the wellness guys is to actually put out some predictions and trends and talk a little bit about the future of wellness. Um, So I thought this would be a great topic to talk about for half an hour. So let's talk about specifically and we'll start off with Damo. Damo, you being the uh, nutritional guru, you know, what what are some of the trends and fads that have gone through this year and do you think they will continue into the new year and into the future? What will stay? What's well, going to go?
1: There's been a big trend um, for two years, really, for two or three years, um, and that is the paleo thing. The paleo and primal eating movement has has gained a lot of momentum. It continues to gain momentum, and it uh, certainly is uh, is looking strong. It does look like it's fading, although it appears that maybe. Many people aren't going the full extreme of paleo um, and not going all that distance, so they might be reintroducing a little bit of dairy, maybe introducing a little bit of uh, grain. Uh, but I think the message is out there that gluten is an issue, so most people are mindful, or at least more mindful of gluten. Um, veganism has kind of made a bit of a resurgence as well. There's been a lot more conscious eating um, out there about what you know what people are selecting in terms of their protein source, um, and and as a result. Uh, veganism has, has made a bit of a resurgence, um, but I suppose, again, another level of extreme um, and people are peeking that back and not being as much vegan but maybe more vegetarian and so or at least eating more vegetarian meals. So you've kind of got two extremes that are, are going really well at the moment um, and both of them are bringing with them health benefits. Um, I think the next pl- – Actually, I don't want to predict it yet. But they're they're at least the the two big trends. Oh, he was just um, going to go
0: there, wasn't he? He was going to go. Oh, it was. And nearly <laughs> slipped. And slipped up and gave <laughs> you away should the be. secret. This is all about prediction. Now, listen, Brett. Obviously, you being the uh, host of the uh, that Paleo show, and you would probably have a comment here on uh, your prediction of Paleo. I'd Love to hear your side of the story.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And first of all, I'm Paleo is not extreme, Damo. Seriously, it's just <laughs> eating real food. Like it's not that extreme to eat real food. So- well, no. Well, let's uh, well, let's just
1: go there because. You know it, it is extreme um, because from the point of view that you, you know for many years we've understood that there's dangers associated with certain types of foods um, and then all of a sudden there's been also other foods that have been you know suggested to be okay uh, but now these foods are now said to be poisonous and can kill you um, and will cause disease despite the fact that there've been many cultures that have lived on these foods for millennia um, and they're been told now we're being told now that they're poisonous so whether it be um, legumes, whether it be certain types of grains or or whether it be, in fact, some dairy products. Um, paleo says that that's all bad for you and can kill you. So you've got to be mindful that's an extreme approach. All right, well, Brett. The, your response. Paleo uh, you know. is
2: just about real food. It's just about saying, let's eat real food. Let's eat fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, healthy meats, some water. I, I just don't see anything extreme about that. It's just about going back to what we have actually eaten for millennia. Like uh, bacon it's just and ham? food, yeah. Well, I I don't even know if bacon and ham are necessarily paleo. They're they're more processed meats, and and people will include them in their paleo diet, but it's probably not strictly paleo. Um, Mm. You know, you're probably more like strictly paleo. You're probably more roast beef, roast meats than than bacon and ham, perhaps you know, less processed stuff. Um, But as you said, you know, I'd agree with that for sure. But certainly,
1: I certainly you know, I can't I can't see how um, an ancient grain, for example, let's take quinoa, for example, and it it may irritate some people's tummy, but I I can't see how that's going to kill you
2: how ancient is Damien? I mean, we've only been having grains for about the last ten thousand years, and well, so let's... we've only had a limited amount of evolution in those last ten thousand years compared to the millennia before. Um, so, you know, maybe we are better off without those grains. Well, you guys are saying that we are better off. You now say maybe. Yeah, I think maybe. I don't think there's any absolutes in food and in health. I think there's always. I'm always open to new evidence and new information. And so I find certainly for me that I do a lot better without those grains, and I know a lot of people do. Um, and I reckon most people are probably going to do better without those grains. Uh, but I don't, I don't, definitely don't talk in absolutes because I think that there's always going to be new information coming out. There's always going to be, you know, people talk about the paleo diet, and I don't even think there is a the paleo diet. I think there's the best available evidence we've got at the moment about what we should eat to nourish our bodies, and that's probably going to change over time.
0: What's interesting yeah. about uh, these diets and, and also the things that are coming out as well is that it also, I don't know about you guys, but it seems to me that anything that sticks, uh, anything that kind of goes out there into society has to make it a little bit so unique that it catches on. A bit edgy. Um, a bit edgy, I mean, that's, just, I mean, that's just probably a marketing thing. And it's also the way we think in society, because if it's not different than what we normally do, it's not going to catch on. However, I think one of the things that has really created a trend though, is that in recent years, and you talked about veganism, um, and also you talked about the paleo, but all of those is that what people are doing is that I believe is that it's actually creating an awareness It's creating an awareness to a point where people are taking the best of that particular lifestyle and actually applying it. And and people are getting better from that. And I think that's the ultimate goal. Um, You know, whether you strictly do something all paleo or strictly do vegan, what you're doing is you're taking that the key concepts and then applying that to your life, you know, using say 80, 20 rule or 90, 10 rule. And that is actually changing people's health. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not.
2: And I think you're right, Lawrence. I think like in terms of what sticks in the short term, like what people get excited about, like the fads and stuff is definitely that. It's it's something different. It's something unique. It's something everyone's talking about. Mm. And I reckon what tends to stick in the long term is the natural things, Yes. You know, is, is getting back towards natural, getting back towards real food, whole food, keeping it simple, keeping it basic. Like those are sort of the truisms that have always been true and always will be true. And, and those are the things that actually stick in the long run, I reckon.
0: I think, you know, over the... You know, as society is getting fatter and they're getting sicker, I think there's a trend that I'm seeing, and there's not really necessarily a trend, I guess. You can really start to see it in the way um, restaurants are moving towards this. You can see even some of the fast food places are starting to move towards this. And there's groups all through the world that are starting to move towards this whole food um, movement. And it's not like it's been around for a long time, obviously, especially in the States, but it's that people are actually taking control. And fighting back against the, the big um, commercialized type of um, industries. And they're saying, yep. you know, let's bring back real food restaurants. Let's bring back uh, food that are more organic. And you're starting to see more and more, especially in Australia, um, the, you know, the more organic meat or even the grass fed meat that was not on the menu, you know, two years ago, especially here in WA, anyways. But, you know, I don't know if you guys are seeing that trend at all, but I think at least the people are demanding it. Now, even though I still believe, uh, next year and in, the f- in the years to come, people are still going to get sicker and sicker. I still believe the trend of the overall population, they're still going to get fatter. However, the people who are recognizing that this trend is happening, they're actually taking initiative. And what's what it's doing, uh, doing that is that they're actually creating more, they're getting healthier. So the healthier people are getting healthier, the sicker people are getting sicker.
2: Yeah, I reckon you're dead right, Lawrence. And I reckon there's kind of almost two trends in amongst that. Like there's one trend which is genuinely people going towards like whole food and real food and getting back to really natural stuff. Um, and then I reckon the second trend is that perhaps some of the the makers of food that isn't so natural, that isn't so whole, are trying to make it seem as if their food is whole and natural and wellness oriented mm. as well. So we're sort of getting a lot of these kind of like almost fake wellness foods now, where people are taking foods and and trying to make it seem as though it's healthier than it really is. Whether that's by promoting certain you know certain nutrients that ha- exist within that food, or whether it's just you know slightly tweaking it. You know, for instance, at the moment we're seeing a lot of trans fat free stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of that still has really artificial fats in it, Um, but it's just not, doesn't happen to have trans fats in it. And so we're seeing a lot of this kind of wellness washing where people are trying to say, oh yeah, but my product is now wellness, when in actual Mm -hmm. fact, it's still a long way from like real whole healthy foods. So I think there's kind of two trends there going side by side. One is like really towards what I would consider real true wellness and real whole foods. And the other one is kind of just taking products and trying to market them and create them as as wellness foods.
0: Yeah, Dima, what do you think? What do you think on that?
1: Well, I, I would agree with that absolutely, wholeheartedly, and we definitely see that um, across the board. And the more the manufactured foods sort of come to the marketplace, I was actually walking through Coles tonight, um, and I saw something that resembled something that was supposed to be healthy because of the uh, because of the packaging, but it was so highly processed, it was incredible. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> (laughs) You know, there's marketing at its best. (laughs) Then did did it have a tick
2: after a conversation the other week, Damon? Did it have a
1: tick? It did actually have a tick. It had (laughs) a tick. It actually had a number of ticks because it ticked all the benefits that were listed on the box. So there was quite a few ticks. And I think when people see a tick, they go, "Oh, wow, that's amazing! All those ticks—that's so cool." Um, But the other thing that we we are seeing, and certainly in Australia, um, and also in the in the um, in North America, we're seeing, and probably also in Canada, we're seeing it. um, We're seeing obesity levels rise, and so. We're well, now we've topped over the 60% in Australia where 60% of all people in Australia um, are now overweight or obese. It used to be a stat that was kind of reserved for men and or women, uh, now it's all. Um, and when you break it down, it's nearly 70% of all men are overweight or obese. Um, and the kids sort of just pull that average down a little bit. So it's pretty concerning. Um, but fast food is still getting cheaper. And, uh, and you know, the, the grocery shopping bill seems to continue to rise. So we might pay nearly 3 or $4 for an avocado sometimes. Um, you can go down to your local Macca's and buy yourself a 90-cent burger. And uh, so the the encouragement still in Australia is not to purchase healthy stuff. There's, There's talk about it. And everyone gets and, in trouble for being overweight, but there's not that encouragement financially. There's no incentive. We, we need, I think, I'm going to put this out there. We need a fat tax. Fat, fat tax. Yeah, and,
2: I, was uh, say that. I actually saw exactly the opposite of that promoted today. Obviously, here in Australia, we have the GST, the Goods and Services Tax, and it's yes. exempt for fresh foods, That's uh, true. and it's exempt for health stuff that you pay out of your own pocket, which is often some of the more preventative wellness type things. Um, and I Off saw a suggestion. Consults, yeah. yeah, I saw a suggestion today suggesting that we should actually include the GST on on those foods. And on those services, and I thought, well, isn't that fantastic? We're really trying to promote this wellness, and we're going to make yeah. fresh food more expensive, and we're going to make wellness healthcare more expensive. That just doesn't make right. any sense to me at all. So, well, that's what they're doing in New it Zealand. It may actually be going the opposite way, which would be crazy. Yeah,
1: New Zealand's done that. New Zealand uh, started with the GST rate, and then they increased their GST rate, but it's actually on fresh fruit and vegetables plus all of your all your doctors and healthcare, you know, appointments all attract GST as well.
0: Well, one of the things that I noticed, you know, Brett, you were talking about those two trends of wellness, and um, I think it's interesting, but I think also, too, to add to that is that we're living in this social media type of environment at this age, and I think you know, as more and more of these companies try to jump on this bandwagon of wellness, which I think would have worked really, really well in the 90s. But now with the social media, people exposing um, those yeah. type of companies, it's becoming harder and harder uh, for them, I think, you know, because there's so many smart people out there really just jumping on. And and you got the forums to be able to, to really create movement, you, you know, and I think. You know, guys, you know, people are popping up with new podcasts and, and and these wellness podcasts and health podcasts like we have. And I think it's really pushing the norm. And I think, you know, encouraging what's encouraging about that is that is that the listeners, you know, obviously people are listening to this show and are making a difference. I mean, we had, you know, over 600 people coming out to Melbourne uh, last year. And I think it's important that you listeners, as you listen to this, I think, you know, you guys are the, the, the converted, right? But it's, it's, it would take you guys, whether it be our podcast or any other podcast is that for you guys to tell other people, you know, we'd say that every at the end of every podcast, I think it's so important that you tell other people that need to hear the message. Because let me tell you, it's not there's so many people out there don't even realize they are killing their kids. Like I see it all the time going to these birthday parties. And like, literally, my daughter's been to two birthday parties this weekend, and the food that they serve is just ridiculous. Like I'm yeah. so glad my daughter just says like I don't want that food. We actually just give her lunch before she goes to these <laughs> parties so she's full, and she just, but she chooses not to anyway, which is, which is great. But man, it's I know I really um, feel bad.
2: I'm so glad you made that point Lawrence about so many people not knowing because I think sometimes we sort of are stuck in our little niches and our little communities and so we can look around and we see all of these social media campaigns because all our friends are sharing it and involved in it and you know we're obviously involved in the wellness guys and we listen to podcasts and we we learn this health research but you know for a large portion of the population they're getting their health information from the tv they're getting their health information from the newspaper and very often they're not getting exposed a lot to these sort of you know campaigns that we're, we're talking about they they're getting influenced by Their community of the people they hang out with at work or wherever they're getting influenced by just the mainstream media and they're not getting exposed to these messages we're talking about. So it is absolutely crucial for for our fans and for you know anyone who's interested in health and wellness to be sharing that information with others because there are so many people out there that just don't know and don't get exposed to it a lot.
1: Great, good, good points. Now, you know, whilst I said there was a couple of trends and I did call them both extremes, and I, and I, I probably will stick by that just because there's a lot of other stuff that's in between that. You know, aren't as pure. And so when I say extreme, we're going, you know, one that's eating a lot of animal product, one that's eating no animal product at all. So they're, you know, way out there. But the common theme being that you're eating natural stuff, which is a primal approach, right? So I think the thing that's going to stick with this is the primal approach, which is what you're saying before, Brett, is just eat real food. And that, you know, I love that word primal because it's a bit more embracing, a bit more all encompassing. You know, it's, it's not suggestive that. Um, that if you came from the United Kingdom that you'd be able to handle evolution wise Coconuts, because you would never have ever seen in your genealogy coconuts in your whole genealogy for millennia. Coconuts for someone from Ireland just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, right? So it can't be good for everybody. Um, And and the same thing for people who might have evolved with uh, eating a pretty robust sort of eating program where they're eating proteins a lot, to then all of a sudden make it a decision to go, I'm just going to be vegan from now on. There has to be some degree of health implication. We're starting to see that sort of thing now. But the one thing that I think sneaking its head into uh, the media and and into the wellness sphere is uh, fasting. So calorie restriction, mm. and uh, and I think that's where it's at. That's where that's where we're heading. And uh, the five two seems to you know. Uh, It seems to be quite popular at the moment. There's other uh, measures of calorie restriction where people actually specifically only eat around 1,200 calories a day, but of really good quality food. Um, So we're talking heaps of fruits, heaps of vegetables, heaps of proteins, heaps of good fats, but their restriction of calories is the key thing. And Um, I've seen research that actually indicates that that is probably the single safest way to uh, decrease all of the aging processes is total calorie restriction. And when you look through the ages and you look at a lot of the research, it actually says that the people who consume the least live the longest. And, and, and I, I do see that and I really like it a lot.
2: And you know, some of that research we, even suggested it may not even be about caloric restriction. Like It may just be the, the time frame within which you eat those calories. That, that Some of those people actually aren't even restricting the calories. They're just restricting the time frame in which they're eating which is really interesting. Yeah, so true. it's more about the sort of metabolic effects it has and, and that's fascinating. There's some really good books on that and some stuff that I've been looking into and we might try and organize an interview on that sometime shortly I reckon. Hmm.
0: So, I mean, it's been fascinating talking about food, but I think there's other aspects of wellness that I really want to cover um, in terms of prediction. Um, Brett, let's talk a little bit about exercise. I mean, obviously, we got an upcoming episode with a CrossFit, you know, champion. um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously, CrossFit has been really big over the last few years, you know, do you see that trend continuing? um, Or do you think it's going to shift gears a little bit?
2: I reckon it's going to shift gears again. I think uh, you know we did the interview with Erwin Lacour, who was fantastic, mm-hmm. and I reckon his sort of MoveNat style stuff is going to be much more the direction that it's going. I think the the CrossFit stuff I think is going to continue to grow because it's really big now and it, it's just growing exponentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that move-nat style of of thing is actually what's going to become even bigger because um, I think CrossFit. It attracts a certain type of person, CrossFit. Like it's it's pretty full on. It can be pretty competitive. It can be pretty sorta of, almost ego-based. Like it's like pretty full on you know you're timing everything. It's all about getting bigger, better, faster. Um MoveNet is more about just moving well and moving efficiently and doing things right. And, and I think that's actually probably the direction a lot of people go. I think even a lot of the CrossFit stuff is actually going to start to merge and, and perhaps go a little bit more that way as well. And I think just that really good, functional whole body movement, you know, the whole barefoot stuff, the natural movements, using your own body weight, um, you know, perhaps not doing the really heavy weights like CrossFit does, but doing more functional stuff that can be just as challenging. I think that's probably the way exercise is going.
0: So true. Though I think the timing is just right right now too. It's with any trend, like when you know we talked yeah. about extremes and food, right? Um, CrossFit mm-hmm. is one type of extreme, and it's targeted specifically to a group of people, and that's why there's yeah. such strong communities to it. But it's hitting its one of. I think it's hitting its peak, which allows. Um, other people who don't fit that mold of exercise who don't yeah. like that mold of exercise will now come up and say well these are the things that are wrong with it so we're yeah. going to develop something completely different And i think moving that stuff is pretty powerful and amazing yeah. stuff
2: and because i think there's a lot right about crossfit and so they're just taking those those good bits and, and making something that's, that's you know, perhaps more, more applicable. applicable to everyone yeah that's yeah. right
0: yeah what do you think damon what, what anything to add with exercise and where your thoughts or trends are going to go
1: well, it, I was talking to a guy today, I was actually down at the uh, the Gatorade Triathlon series this morning, um, very early this morning, feeding the triathletes uh, some forage, by the way, and uh, they all loved it, which, which I was excited about. But what uh, we were talking about was the growth of triathlon. Um, and for the last four years, this particular coach said, said that his club has grown 40% every single year for the last four years. So mm-hmm. I found that interesting, and whether it's because it mixes multi-disciplines or it gives people the opportunity to get out, go for a run, also have a... Swim and then go for a ride um, and mixing up their exercises through the day. That sort of um, endurance type exercise, as well as the sprint distances, um, seems to be gaining popularity. So I think that's really good. Mm. I am in love with MoveNet. I think it's fantastic. Some practice members of mine have actually gone to study um, the MoveNet system and we're putting that into our practice. So uh, MoveNet will actually be coming to our practice in the near future, which is very exciting. I I really think that is um, the movement and the way of the future. You know, maintaining balance, primal movement patterns. But if you can climb a tree, then you're probably going to be alright. Um, and so th- they're the sorts of things that I think you know we need to move towards. And if we can stop ourselves from falling over or falling forwards, um, then we're going to you know decrease our risks of falls and fractures in the elderly. And all of that is good stuff.
0: I really like the the thought process of triathlons, and you were talking about you know why people are moving towards. And I think one of the reasons why is because it allows people to actually be. Uh, using different disciplines, you know, like we talk I about mean, triathletes, triathletes are always been known to be really fit people. And I think it's like, almost like, you know, for people, it's like running a half marathon. It's like a, a goal or the accomplishment to say, I've done a triathlon, but I think, you know, sometimes, you know, in triathlons, like if you're not a great runner, you might be able to pick up you know, in terms of the swim or the bike um, and still make up some time. So, you know, very rare is that someone gets all three uh, disciplines where at least you're strong in one of them and you can actually feel good about yourself in one part of the the race. And I think triathlons are are definitely a good way to kind of kind of create that uh, cross-discipline. What about what do you think about apps? Like, I mean, obviously, as we talk a little bit of technology, you know, where, where do you think the trends of, of these wellness apps are going to move towards? I mean, we're seeing so many sort of walking type of, uh, tracking your walking movements, uh, you know, and all kinds of things from Nike's to everything. You know, where do you guys, do you see in terms of exercise um, apps moving towards and what would they be focusing on?
2: I think the, well, the apps are just getting bigger and better is what I'm saying. Like, okay. the, so, the apps yeah. are... Good. Going from like something that just measures how many steps you can do to now something that will time your or organize your workout for you, time your workout for you, show you how to do all the exercises, show you some videos of how, like… They're amazing. These apps that you can now buy for like two or three dollars. I mean, the one I'm, one of the ones I'm thinking of is called "You Are Your Own Gym." I love and that. And it is amazing. It's the best app. It's got like everything on there. It'll time it. It'll do the works. We don't even get a commission for this app. I'm just like, yeah, We it, should. I love it. We should. We so should sure because I tell everyone. But it's I don't amazing. Think it's on
1: BlackBerry though, so I haven't got it. And uh,
2: <laughs> it it literally just has everything on there and costs a couple of bucks. And I think that's the thing. That's the big change that's happening with apps. They've gone from this sort of you know dinky little thing that'll count how many steps you've done to this all inclusive like. Exercise, information, videos, technique, like the works. Well, it's a personal trainer, right? It's it's a
0: personal personal trainer, and I I love it because you know, for most of you guys know who listen to the show that like I hate exercising (laughs) by myself or telling myself what to do. And so, like having an app telling me exactly what to do and how long um, really makes my life so much easier. Especially when I've been traveling so much this year, you know, going away. It's just like you know, sometimes you just you know, sometimes the hotel gyms are. Are just really crappy, and so when an app like you are your own gym, when they don't use any weights, they just use it, utilizing what you have and what you got, you know, with your own body and just you know leverage of different things. I think it's a great way to exercise and still be on top of things. It's short, it's burst it's tabatas, intensive. I used to hate tabatas. I remember saying this. I actually kind of like it now. Yes. So yes, yeah, so I'm converted. I'm converted. <laughs> I love and, it. It uh, only took me a couple of years, but hey. I'm so there.
2: Lawrence. I've got a question for you, Lawrence. You're obviously the mindset guru of the group. So I want to know where you think people are going from a mindset perspective. Like what's the next real trend for people in terms of getting on top of their mindset and in terms of getting on top of their health and wellness? And then the second thing I want to know is what do you think it should be?
0: (laughs) Great (laughs) question. You know, I think – I think as we move towards a world that is getting faster paced and everybody's getting busier, I think stress is the management of stress and actually how to deal with stress is really critical. Um, I think I'm finding this generation of, you know, of people coming through the into the workforce are generations of it's a different generation than we grew up in and definitely our parents our parents are generations that where they stayed at one company for 30 years you know and yeah. they get a pension of a gold watch um you know my generation you know like us are probably you know we're staying in a company for maybe four or five years and uh, but these guys coming up now you know in their early 20s are people who are staying within companies for like six months to maybe max out at two years you know and they're changing and it's because they're not not that they're bored it's just that they have always grown up in this fast-paced internet world. So it's about change. And so in that certain circumstances, I think it's really important to focus on how to manage time and being able to be more efficient with time. I think that's where the, most of the personal development stuff is going to be most focused on is about be able to utilize time very, very efficiently, effectively, and uh, rather than wasting it. And I think the people who will progress f- um, throughout the next sort of 10 years, I think, is people who are going to be who are smart and disciplined in their time um, and also leveraged. And so what I mean by leveraged is the people who are able to scale their business, scale their time uh, without having to add more work to it. So they're actually working less but doing per- they're actually producing more in terms of income, producing more time with family, um, and 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 I see that that's being the trend of productivity. So I think productivity is the where the main focus will be. Uh, that's just my prediction, and I think that's where it should be. It's focusing, you know, one of the big thing I've been talking to um, clients about is I think it's important to teach our kids to focus on what they're really, you know, really good at. The one percent genius. You know, I'm, I was talking to my wife today and, and looking at our kids and. You know, one of the things that to teach our kids, I'm I'm hoping to do is not just like there's not one way to parent a child, um, because both of my children are different, and both my children, sorry, and so I think it's important to look at their skills and their and their personality and really hone in on what they do best and how their character. Characters, uh, what their characters are like, and also be able to ch- hone in on that and focus on their genius to so actually help them develop that genius and focus on that rather than you know what they're weak on. And um and I think that's where you know teaching children to the next move. And we'll have a, a episode on with the wellness um family um host uh, very shortly. And you know, we'll be interesting to hear what she has to say about that. Brett, what do you think well, of that I mean,
1: answer? What's interesting? Yeah, well, what, you know, what's interesting about all that <laughs> is, You sound with, funny, but, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go, Daniel, go ahead, go. Um, so, you know, we, we're seeing more and more of these uh, social networking sites popping up. So we've gone from just being, uh, I think it was MySpace originally, to then Facebook, to then go on to um, Instagram and Twitter, and, and, and it keeps on going, right? And uh, these things seem to be taking out more and more of people's time. So when you talk about going to, towards productivity, do you think that there's going to be, um greater polarization like there kind of is with food like people are polarizing towards either eating really crappy food or really good food do you think the people are going to become either really super productive or really non-productive
0: well it's an interesting thing like as as we move towards the social media you notice that everything's getting shorter and shorter right i mean if you look at twitter 140 characters is the way you communicate now so everything is time-based and how short the communication is and also instant um gratification so i think People who are utilizing social media well, and sure, you know, from a business perspective, anybody who's utilizing social media well, it's those people who are actually using it to leverage their business, to leverage the the amount of reach that people are are getting. And I think what that allows us from a wellness trend point of view is that we are actually getting access to information that we never thought we were able to do 10, 20 years ago, you know, as quickly as possible. I mean, you, you guys all remember the days, I'm sure, when we went to university, we had to go to a library like to look up something, a research we're article. We're supposed
1: to, right? We're supposed to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I still remember going through like research articles. You have to no, photocopy. I, like, I mean, photocopy like, yeah. the research article yeah. and then highlight yeah. them. Like now you can go online, you can have access, instant access to it. And that's what I mean by leverage, right? Now you don't you don't need to know everything. You just need to know the person who knows everything, right? Really, yeah. when you think about
2: and it. And I think you've touched on a couple of really key points there, Lawrence. Like we're talking about, you know, a society. Damien, you mentioned the social media. I think a sleep deprived society is what we're seeing. And I think social media is a big part of that. People sitting yeah. up, particularly kids, sitting up all night doing texts and God knows what and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. I think, Lawrence, the other thing you mentioned before was about the time factor. You know, I think we're moving away from a society where everything's about how much time I spent doing something, where it's like, you know, logging in your logbook how much time you spent on each task at work or focusing on how much time you're spending doing a, you know, even with your family and, and more moving towards quality. You know, it's like rather than how much time I spend at work, is how much work did you get done? Like, how much value did you offer? Um, And the same thing, I think, with family, with food, it's it's moving all towards quality and, and really making sure we're getting good quality of stuff happening rather than just how much.
0: And that's what I mean by leverage. You know, I'd rather have a worker who works only an hour and produces all that work rather than someone who works eight hours producing the same amount of work. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'd rather move towards a, a society where we're able to enjoy life um, as a like, like a lifestyle and work hard, but that hard work. And, and that's what I mean by discipline is that we if you if we all want to move as a society, we have to be more disciplined with our time. And yes, you're right, Damo. I think as the kids who are using, you know, Facebook and social media and stuff, That's changing that discipline. And uh, I think that's where we need to move towards. I think the kids and the 20 year olds need to recognize that if you want to be productive, you have to start to leverage that time more wisely so that you can actually enjoy the other things that that life has to offer. Guys, I, you know, I hope that that was a great episode for you guys. I mean, that was an amazing trend prediction. I mean, there was, uh, hopefully there was uh, some arguments there at the beginning, but more (laughs) importantly, it's, um, just looking at, I think it's also important to look at different side of things, too, as well. We all have different thoughts and processes where our future is going to be. But only, uh, only 2014 will uh, kind of show us who, who had the right prediction at the end of 2014. <laughs> we'll have to do this episode maybe in a year's time. So, uh, guys, like I said before during this episode, I think it's important for us to make sure that we really get this message across to other people. And to, whether it be our podcast or any other people's other health podcasts. I think it's important for people who don't listen to podcasts or need health information, need a health out, update you need to tell them and you need to spread the message. So go tell them to join us on Facebook. You know, tell us what you think and who needs to hear this most. Go to the Wellness Guys, go to the Wellness Couch. That's what we designed that for. Uh, While you're there on Facebook, like us there, share this podcast with your friends, like I said, but subscribe to us on iTunes and get them to subscribe to us. And while they're there, leave a five-star rating because that's what we love. So until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guys Show.